Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, ometeo, tonansi, tonato. Anything has one of a million paths. Un camino entre cantidades de caminos. Therefore, you must always keep in mind that a path is only a path. To have such clarity, you must lead a disciplined life. Only then will you know that any path is only a path. I'm a warrior from the future, looking at the past, living each moment through life's hourglass. I hold on to nothing, but enjoy everything. I spiral in and out of the Milky Way's sacred ring. I carry the blood of my Tata Pancho Villa, y con mi corazón, sueño noche y día. I fly with the eagles and roam with buffaloes. I ride the winds of time, shoot thunderbolt arrows, aim them at your heart with the masterpiece of art. Look into your mirror, that's where it all starts. The pain of generations is deep within my soul. I I burn my white sage in my abalone bowl And I bless myself, send my prayer to the sky I never ask why, I never complain The way of a warrior is to always stay sane Do away with fear so your mind stays clear Then you deal with power, but treat her like a flower Her poison will devour and eat up all your soul Six feet deep, buried in a hole Your ego got too high and you lost control And if you don't die from your own greed That's when aging time starts to feed no one can escape man's true fate. No one has the power to tell death to wait. Both paths lead nowhere. The one has a heart, the other doesn't. One makes for a joyful journey as long as you follow it. You're one with it. The other will make you curse your life. One makes you strong, the other weakens you. Yo, Ellie Davis podcast. That was just a last aslan. Here we are once again. Las Aslanitas podcast. That was just a quick little uh, that was Don snippet, Juan this. snippet yes. off of Zero's new project available on Bandcamp exclusively. Guys, guys, just visit uh, Zero fourteen ninety two. Absolutely, man. Thank you for setting that on up, Bandcamp. Armando. Thank you for setting that up. You know, we're really kind of focusing on uh, the new chapter of LA Natives, and I think the new chapter of LA Natives is, you know, pushing the merch and and letting people know that I. That you know that I, that we do have merchandise and music and other things, since, but since we wanted to set a precedent. So we wanted to really kind of explain our version of life, right? And 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 what is our perspective as natives, as as indigenous, indigenous, uh, displaced natives, detribalized natives? What is that history to us? And and we decided to make LA natives, and and that's why we're here, and and we have a large community. I feel them, you know, I feel you guys, you know, you, you don't understand that whoever comes to LA Natives podcast and takes a listen, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on YouTube and, and you have, the, and you take your fingers and you chat with us on the, on the chat, 
um, room or whatever it's called. The, the feed, what is that called? Yeah, the chat room. Yeah, the chat room. We really, really, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm just like you, Zero, sometimes. <clears throat> I don't even like listen or watch to our podcast. I don't either. We just shotgun through the whole episodes and we're just blessed. And we keep moving forward. And we're, we keep moving forward. I'm not attached to the, the things. And we, we've, we've talked to some very, very important people like snotty nose red kids then they're doing some cool things you know shout that shout out to them and they're and uh, and dakota bear you know what i mean like i mean i was just texting him two seconds ago you know shout out to dakota bear go go listen to turtle island to dakota bear carmack single that fucking song is fire bro that song is a dope ass song it's the one that we use for the promotion of indigenous people's day and yeah, that's that's you know we're working on some things here. We're working on a movement, an, a, a movement that doesn't judge you, that doesn't have to have a tribal ID, that that that's really based on what you implement and what you know about what history was robbed from you. You know, the point of this show is to reclaim and understand and implement our true self which is our ancient past and our connection to being indigenous people of this planet. And that doesn't go by race. That goes by heart. That goes by action. That goes by what you are contributing to the community and the, and the fans around you. And I really, Armando, I really, I love this band camp thing. You know what I mean? Cause I think it could be like an exclusive. This is where all the people that support LA Natives podcast and the shows and and all that stuff. So, I want to release a series of of sweaters that uh, I graphic designed myself, right? And then these sweaters are going to come with the NFT, and that NFT is going to have benefits. So when you buy this sweater, you're going to get an NFT with it. Wow, that's amazing! And that NFT. If you have it, it's only going to be a certain amount of, I think I'm only going to make 52 sweaters of one design, and then that design will never be made again. So those sweaters will start to become collectibles, and the NFTs will, will open doors for you. And what I mean by open doors for you is that if we do a show at Catch One and we get some VIP, guess what? All NFT people go to the VIP room. Yep. So we're going to make it like that. This is this is one doorway that it, that leads to another doorway, right? And we're going to use our infinite creativity, which is what the ancestors understood as Quetzalcoatl. See, it's important for me to transition to what we're going to talk about today. Because what we're going to talk about today is was apparently what everyone's talking about. Right. This new movie that came out. Right. Marvel a Marvel movie. And, and then so before we start laying down the bricks of what this is, we're going to go, well, what is Marvel? And who owns Marvel? And how is it connected? Right? So who owns Marvel? Disney. Disney owns Marvel. So then in a way, we're saying that this movie is sponsored by Disney. Right. So here's another movie. Let me give you another movie that Disney sponsored. And it's a cult classic. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't like it. And it's not like I don't reference it. And I don't say things from this movie. All those movies are important to us. 
But the violent nature that was created in those movies, what we thought was cool in those movies, were very torturous realities for people who actually had to go to prison. So you know who sponsored Blood In, Blood Out? Disney? Disney. Wow. Disney. That's a cult classic right there. Blood in, blood out, right? Like, we used to go, oh, damn, there's the Pino, and hey, what's up, este, and, uh, and, and mimic it, right? And, like, and, and then we said, well, if we went to jail, it wouldn't be that scary, right? We could survive it. It's like this movie, right? So it kind of all, it's all starting to implode on individuals that created this multimedia juggernaut that we call... Um, mainstream right you know i used to be a hardcore comic book kid me and, too and teenager too. i used me to too. you know beg my parents to pay for the number ones and the number twos and the collectors and shit like that you know all the all you comic book heads you, you guys know what i'm talking about where like if you have the number one issue it's like the most expensive issue right I was more into like the animated series stuff no look, like i, I, I know I, what you're talking about no, i was into buying comics and keeping them a hundred percent so mint. I could resell them. Yeah. Mint, mint. Yeah. You know, and I would always seek out the best. Of I would even open them. But there was a whole cult of people doing that because there was a lot of money to be made at in, in those days. Well, I mean, collectibles will always, you know, be valuable. And and, and, and those Marvel movies, there's a reason why they have Marvel Studios now. It's but like, I don't think when Marvel was created or when Stanley was creating these amazing characters. I don't think he would have ever imagined that it would have been in movies. See, that's the thing. See, now when Hollywood takes control, they throw their spices on it. Well, right. There's always an agenda when it comes to anything that's going to be to the masses. Because, because in comic books, it was strictly about the fantasy land and, and then, and the story. And you had to be able to read very well and, yeah. and, and not, you know, you know, it's it's a very it's kind of like an antiquated cartoon right yeah Co comic books are like like you paint the movie in your head yeah like you you see the colored pictures and the expression on the people's faces and you're reading the dialogue and you're kind of creating this image in your head like a cartoon so it's kind of like the old version of a cartoon that's what a comic book is and it and it does open your fantasy land and and all that stuff so you know so now, now we know that comic books are in the realm of fiction. Absolute fiction. Fiction. So their stories made up. You know, they could do a mixture of cultures and like certain things and go, oh, wow, but this is what this represents here. And, and who's hurting anybody? We're not hurting anybody. It's just a movie. Right? It's just a movie. It doesn't affect anybody. But... If movies don't affect anybody, then why did Steven Spielberg make Schindler's List? Right? Like, Schindler's List really affected people. Even, like, they went, oh, my God, the Holocaust was horrible. And it wouldn't have been, you know, people wouldn't have really cared about it. But a movie does that. A movie can go, oh, look, let's move their emotions and go, look. This is what really happened in it when it's just a rendition. I, I, I would love a movie of 
the indigenous perspective and the history that indigenous people we all had to go through. It's coming. It's going to come. Because if it was just as deep as Schindler's List, think about it. Yeah. It it, will blow up. Well, because people understand the story of indigenous people and the tribalization of everyone here, right? You know, some people are so lost, they're calling themselves a language, which is Latino, Right. And then we cling to the colonial, which is Mexican. And and the indigenous name is so far gone in history that we we can't. So then what do you do at that point? You know, do you cling to mainstream companies telling you your own history? Going, no, don't worry, don't read that book or don't. And not, not necessarily go, just don't go do the research. And the research requires reading. Right. I'm not saying that I'm not into reading. I just don't make what I read fact. I determine fact through me, through my own heart, through my own putting the pieces together. Because it's not just one documentary that's going to put all this knowledge into you. It's not one ceremony that cures you. It's the practice of our indigenous ways. And and this is why I think this uh, episode is very important because now there's a Marvel movie out that's very very and they hit it's us going hard. viral. They and, hit us and, hard. And ultimately, who are these movies targeting? Kids. Our people, no children and children. And yes, our, our, our children, our children, because we are the biggest population. We are the biggest population on on the West Coast, on you know all the way to the middle, like you know even like Nevada, Texas. All these places have large amounts of detribalized natives, right? And so why wouldn't they go for the juggernaut, right? Why wouldn't they go for the most revered understanding through native culture, which is Quetzalcoa, right? And let's make our our version of Quetzalcoa, right? They didn't use that word, Quetzalcoa. They used Kukulkan. Right, and Kukulkan is the energy of the wind, the feathered serpent, the Venus star, and and this is coming from someone that actually watched the movie, right? There, like it. you actually watched it. Yeah, it's watched not like it. you're talking about this movie and didn't watch it. No, I watched it. I went to go see it. My partner said that I should have, I you know that I, that I had to go see it. That this was. Important, you know, to to see and 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 uh, my my son. They actually, my son goes to Anahuacalmeca, which is an indigenous um, uh, charter school in Los Angeles. Shout out to Anahuacalmeca and Marcos and um, all the work that he does there, and and Tata Kwashli who started that school. But they got advanced tickets to go see this movie. Yeah, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, bro. It's like it, they're they're they want to make sure that. Everybody knows the story of Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> Marvel. Marvel's, Marvel's taking the responsibility to educate the masses on who Quetzalcoatl was. Right? No, I'm just laughing because it's so bizarre to me. I mean, it, it, to me, it's. Just kinda, to be real. But much respect to Marvel in the movie. I give it nothing but love, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I. I, I 
there was a, there was a thing that I was watching on 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 social media, and this African lady said, "I would never watch Black Panther. I would never watch it." She's all, "I'm not into historical fiction. I'm not into a made-up story by white executives in Hollywood mixing Greek culture and all these other." Things to create their mutated version of a discipline. See, Quetzalcoatl wasn't a man. From what I, all the maestros that I talked to, it was a discipline. If you did certain things, if you had certain perspectives, you were considered of this understanding and discipline. That means you followed and understood the Aztec Donal Machillo. You understood the sciences and math and frequency and had a sacred diet. See, Quetzalcoatl was connected to the wind. Yet, why did Marvel use the water? Quetzalcoatl came from the water? Tlalocan, right? Tlaloc, the water, the water energy, right? But he flies? See, that's what I mean. They're like getting, giving you a scrambled egg version of a discipline. Quetzalcoatl brought different ideas to a community that maybe did were were weren't following certain things you know let, let's let's just we were very ritualistic we didn't live in utopia sometimes we did bad things cuz that's what humans do and they learn from those mistakes we we don't i don't i think people get the wrong idea about indigenous people being these holier than thou monks but there are people who learn a discipline and those people, in my opinion, and this is just a my opinion, my theory, I have to really kind of lay down some sort of a documentation. And, and I wish I would have had one of my maestros here, like Masatsin or Kamapishli or Osolokoat, and, and they could really break it down. And, and that will be in the future. But right now we have to say something. We can't be lost in, in the hype of, how dope this character looks and how strong he was and 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 he's the enemy in the fucking he's the enemy he's the enemy in the fucking movie i don't know how right? and they call him namor namor right right they don't even call him kukulkan they they mention that his name is kukulkan but they didn't want to keep calling him Kukulkan. They didn't want to keep doing that. They had to call him something different. Namor. Which, and, which, which is something you told me. Off yeah, air, like, we'll, we'll, we'll bring yeah. that up too. But let, let's, let's massage the, the audience here because we're talking about a rendition of Mexican culture. And sometimes in the, in, in, the, in the mass media, we get excited with it. We get happy about it. We get like, wow. And there's a lot of people... I already know in the chat and people who are going to listen to us on Spotify, they're going to be like, look, guys, 
It's a Disney movie. You know, you guys can't take it that serious. But I think it's very serious. Because well, it's symbolism, ultimately, at the end of the day, that you're pushing into these kids' heads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We can't, we can't go and put our children in front of things and let them be a seven-year-old kid and distort the imagination of what that symbol meant. Quetzalcoatl is infinite imagination, creativity, discipline, wisdom. These are things that a human can possess and tap into through understanding their blood. Not bloodline, but blood, their connection with everything that they are. Humbly accepting this burden of wisdom. Right? It, it, it isn't violent. Quetzalcoatl would be opposite of that. He wouldn't be in a vengeful, Romanesque display, which is what and, this Wakanda thing is right, like. And, and I don't know. I haven't watched the film, and now I'm going to watch it and give him my money. It is what it is. I just hate Go on the two-for-one night or, yeah. or the half price. Yeah, I'm going to wait for it to go to the Regent Theater, right? Or there the Regal Theaters. There you go. Um, but look, just recently... All the headlines from the mainstream outlets are saying it was a villain debuting a Mexican first time ever Mexican superhero or Marvel character. He's a villain. Right. And then I'm reading all the uh, feedback and I'm just like, yo, a lot of people don't agree with that. I don't think the movie actually pushed him as a villain. Or was he acting as a villain? Is this character a villain? You've seen the movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie. And... Okay, so he became a villain. I'm going to explain the scene of when he became a villain. And I want people to use critical thinking while I do this explanation in the movie. Right? And I want you to see the psychological shift of hands or switch of hands, right, in the movie. So there's a scene where he's explaining that his mom died. Right? And, or... or let me go back a little bit. They take this blue plant during the time where I guess the Spaniards came and they drink it and then that drink makes them able to absorb oxygen in the water. Right? And so they go into an underwater city called La Locan. Right? And so... Quetzalcoatl was the first one to be born in water, in the water world. And so he goes into the city and eventually his mom gets older, dies, but requests to be buried on land. And so he goes as a teenager. He looks like in the scene, he's like a teenager. And he goes to this plantation looking Place. It looks like a plantation and they have a bunch of natives tied up to each other and they're whipping them. And it's, it's like Spaniards, right? Spaniards and priests that are whipping the natives and mistreating the natives. And he's all, these people abused my people and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so this little kid doesn't 
know how to handle the emotion and he starts destroying the plantation. Right? And he starts destroying the plantation and the priest, you know, he, he, he starts, I guess, maybe killing everyone. And then there's a scene where the, 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 the priest holds his hand up and he goes, Sin amor. You're a demon without love. Sin amor. And he's all, my name is Namor now. And so that's how he got his name to be. So they made him a villain because he came back and saw his people being raped. The land no longer began, belonged to them. And they were being enslaved. And so he wants to defend them. And the priest calls them sin amor. And he remembered it as Namor. And we're going to get somebody on pretty soon who also saw the movie. And kind of was telling me about it before it even came out. I didn't even know that, that Marvel was doing a, a movie about Quetzalcoatl or, or involving Quetzalcoatl. There's a few points, though, in this movie. And I want to see if um, the person that we're going to get on pretty soon, um, uh, we're going to invite Heron because Heron told me about this movie. And I was going to hear about it anyways, but he told me about how it was going to be based on the character of Quetzalcoatl, right? And so there's a few things that, that, that we have to keep clear, though. Remember that Quetzalcoatl is associated with the wind, Ehekat, hence the flying serpent. Sorry about that, guys. I think the video went out. Um, there was a random update live on air. I hate when these cameras or but they could software. They could, sit, they could hear us talking. Yeah, I think they could hear us now. I, th I think we're good. Oh, they couldn't hear us before? Let me see. Check, check, one, two. I think you guys could hear us. Yes, I think we're good. All right. I really want to watch this film now, you know? It's it just, an interesting, you know, they're taking little, you know, they're cherry picking. They're cherry picking on what that is and what, what you know, the, the symbolism of what that is. And I just found it very, very interesting that it was a, a pre-Columbian culture fighting a Wakandan African culture. Right. And according to Europeans, we never crossed oceans and met or had anything to do with each other. Right. Yep. And the and the the point of shout out to head on, by the way. Yeah. Shout out head on. And we'll get deeper into the to, you know, what his perspective is, because, you know, we just have to be very clear about what we take as truth. And I know we know that it's a movie, but we can't let things get mixed up. And, and, and then they, they do the switch of hands and go, look, you're the evil guy, right? You're the evil guy, not me, right? That's what the priest did when, he, when, the, when, when Quetzalcoatl went to the plantation and saw his people being mistreated, he defended them. And then the priest calls him the evil guy. You're the evil guy. <laughs> It doesn't make it's it's the switcheroo. It's the the 
the the narcissistic switcheroo we have to become we have to come to a place where we really put some time into researching what these symbols are and what they represent right Ketzalcoa is infinite creativity and 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 something you mentioned earlier that he he wouldn't be violent like you know a villain is a violent person yeah, if you're bringing new ideas to communities, you're not going to bring it with violence. You're going to bring it with an alternative to violence. And what would be an alternative to violence is endurance, um, a better diet. Diet has a lot to do with our perspective. And so these individuals who carried the title of Quetzalcoatl, it wasn't, I don't even... I wouldn't even go, I'm not a historian on this pack, but I just know for a fact that he did not live in water. <laughs> you know, and he's associated to the wind, not the water. So I may be wrong. And, and, if, and if I am, I'm, I'll be the first to say, you know what, I'm sorry and I didn't have enough in-depth thing, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, another thing I felt, that was weird is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling social media and I see this white dude, right? This white dude, he's like in charge of, looks like he's from Sweden or some shit. Like he could, he had like a heavy accent or a heavy English accent, but he might, he might be American, but. And I hate when movies do that. I hate when go, when they, when they hired uh, uh, this person, who may be a really cool energy and really cool dude to go out and meet with indigenous people, have them play instruments, and then he gets to score all these instruments in his own way and say, oh, it was wonderful working with them. Instead of Marble going, fuck, hey, guys, what about what are your ideas for this scene right here? Like the, the people that actually make the music. No, you got to send this buffer dude in there, this this individual that 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 is going to just take elements of it and create his own score and then go, oh, wow, look at how I use their instruments. You know, we, I needed my touch. Like, it's just, to me, it's not genuine, you know? And if you have hundreds of millions of dollars and you're hiring just one Caucasian dude to go do the research, I mean, shout out to whoever benefited from that because I'm sure that there was some indigenous communities they got a little bit of money for that and 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 i'm not hating on their success or any of that but i think in time hopefully in the next 52 years that we'll we'll step up and tell our own story you know we'll step up and create our own version of who our own symbols of wisdom and change and knowledge what they truly represent in a creative way we can't just let other cultures or other other races and and this is not a race thing this is more about informational factual things you know that we that we use the right thing so that the energies don't get lost in translation you know it, it, it seems harmless for someone to make a movie and include Quetzalcoatl in it. But 
to make him a violent individual trying to get revenge or 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 I, I don't know what his motive was. Namor, aka Quetzalcoatl. Like what? What? It just didn't really make sense. You know, it, it was like that homie from Black Panther died, and then Marvel said, "Well, we fucking need a Black Panther too, so let's let's fucking make this omelet of history." And 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 put some large studio budget money into it, and and pass it off as you know, a, a an inclusive um, rendition of 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 history, and, and it was completely not that. So don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in in the false narrative of. Of what they're trying to say you are. Take ownership of it. Watch the movie if you feel like you want to watch it. And have your own judgment on it. That's what I'm doing today. I just felt like I really needed to talk about it. Because Namor is something you should talk about. And and, and, and and you caught a few things of the that the quote unquote propaganda is trying to just squeeze in there. Yeah. You know? I mean... It's just, it's confusing to have the story revolve around a Mesoamerican culture and an African culture, right? It's why are Africa and Mexico or, or, um, or the ancient lands of, of, of the Maya, Mayab, I think, in the original name. Why, why are they fighting each other? That was confusing. Like, why? How? Do, how? You know what I mean? Like, why are they opposing each other? And there was one thing that I've been studying recently about how we automatically just go to 1492. As if history started in 1492. And it didn't start in 1492. What about... 1100 what about 1200 1300 and then you get to 1492 where in 1492 all of a sudden we have thousands and thousands of ways of telling the story of 1492 but for 300 years prior to that what were that's a big void that's a big void 300 years is a big void and you got to remember that military um, military invasions don't write down history. They just invade, conquer, and claim as their own. And, and, and by talking to the Moors, I have a few individuals, and I, and I, and I follow a few pages. It sounds like they were here. Before the Spaniard. It seems like the Moors were here in the early 1300s. Right? Because there's documented records of George Washington. And the Moors having. You know, beef. Or at least some sort of interaction. So then. 
now let's go back to the Marvel movie. And you have a Mesoamerican character telling an African character. Your son is responsible for them finding us. So that tells me because they have to tell the truth. But you have to be able to catch it because they're not going to tell you in plain sight. It's kind of like a dude playing, you know, that card game where he's all, which card is it? What card is it? It's there. The card's there. But, you know, three card Monty or whatever. In other words, they're not, they don't have to be telling you what card to flip. They don't have to baby food feed you. So he turns to the queen and he's all, your son is responsible for them knowing about us. I thought that was an interesting point. That is a very interesting point. Like something you should really, really deep, really, really research, like the black nobility you know, research how long, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a, uh, a brother I recently found out about John. I think his name is John Levy or John Levi. And he's been doing research about like certain structures in certain cities and certain places that seem to be very, very old, far older than, than, you know, the Europeans Coming here. And so if that's the case, and Europeans are so violently brutal, what's to say that they didn't go into cities and just wipe them out and claim the architecture and claim the knowledge and claim all that stuff? That's interesting to me. And this movie kind of, if you're really critical, you would see it. Right? I'm not sure if um, people understood that, but that's just my thing. My thing is that I I don't want to believe propaganda anymore. I don't want to believe, I don't want to just go, oh yeah, that guy went to college and he knows his shit about the history of who was here. Because let's face it, the the Smithsonian and all those museums have hundreds and hundreds of hidden artifacts that explain a different story of Turtle Island and the people that originate from there, which is us. They had a war on all the people of color who were living in a certain frequency. One that was Reliant on nature and the observation of nature. And Europeans didn't have that perspective. When they went on the Crusades, you know, and those inquisitions, the inquisition was that anyone who was of of non-European descent and did not follow the way of the Catholic Church was free game, lesser than. So then you can rape them, you can kill them, You can steal their children and you can take their land. When someone tells you a story of someone doing that to you, 
What do you think the story after that's going to be? It's not going to be the truth. <laughs> They're going to make up whatever they want and shove it down your throat and make you believe it. We have a true history. And don't let people distort our symbols. Our symbols mean they're the key to 100 years from now. We're free. True freedom. The freedom of our own creativity, of our own innovation, and the reclaiming of our own spirituality. That was the prophecy of our great ancestors. And they know that. They know that we were going to be, we were going to come back to who we were. And if we did, we would be the biggest community on Turtle Island. So why wouldn't they go after the most revered idol of Mesoamerica? The Omics knew about Quetzalcoatl. The Toltecs knew about Quetzalcoatl. The Mayas knew about Quetzalcoatl. And so did the Mexica. And we got Heron in the building. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. Yo, Heron. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah. Did, were you able to watch the film yet? Was I able to what? Have you watched the film yet? Yes, I have. So what'd you think, bro? Have you heard have you heard have you heard what I've been talking about? Yes, I have. Um I'm having trouble with my sound because I could barely hear you. So let me uh get off the Bluetooth and maybe that's gonna help. Okay, sounds right. good. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Can you hear okay, us? Okay, yeah. So I wanna speak uh from a different perspective. I have I have been listening to the whole uh, live, and um, I understand the point you're coming from, but I also want to uh, provide a different perspective because I have been following the franchise since part one. I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, you know, I grew up with X-Men and Marvel and the ideology that we can always look at uh, some type of, even if it's fictional, we could look at some heroes to... To, to see what's you know right from wrong, and even the mutants were treated unfairly just because they were different. So I, as a young immigrant, I related to that and I resonated to that. So to me, I I did resonate to that, you know. And Namor being in the comic book, the first mutant dating back to 1939, and when Marvel wasn't even Marvel yet, and he was the third overall character from Marvel. So there's a deep history with him, but all of that got changed for this film. And so then I want to talk about that and the importance of that. So now we're talking about the Noche Huerta. The Noche Huerta, I've been following him for about two years uh, when he had only about 100,000 followers. And he used to repost me when I used to post things about what he's fighting for, which is Poder Prieto. Poder Prieto is a movement in Mexico that's pretty much equivalent to the decolonizing movement that we have going on here. But it also includes uh, Afro-Mexicanos. 
because of their dark skin. So Poder Prieto translates to uh, dark power. So think of Chicano power, indigenous power, and black power all in one. And so he has been very outspoken about the racism, the colorism, the classism of Mexico and in, in colonization. After he was given the role of um, uh, Caro Quintero in Narcos Mexico, he became more outspoken because he realized he had a bigger platform. And they completely uh, took him out of season two. They just they didn't even like they didn't even say why. They didn't show in the season like what happened to him. They just completely erased him because he was being too outspoken. So Mexico had a whole campaign against him. Like we're gonna we're gonna do our best to silence this guy. This guy can no longer go on TV talking about the racism and the colorism that exists in Mexico. So when Marvel approached them, and and you know to be more direct, it wasn't Marvel. It was uh, the director Kugler. When he approached them and get and offered him this movie, word got out, and this is right before the pandemic uh, happened. So then the white against, which is uh, code word for the white Latinos or white Mexicans, those with strong Spaniard uh, blood, mm-hmm. strong white skin, but also the mentality of blanquitud, which is you know, thinking like like a white person. They created this campaign to demand Marvel to cancel him, to not have him in their movie. And regardless of the outrage that they, you know, they were going about him being a racist, him being a, a even homophobic, all this crazy stuff. Ryan Coogler fought for him and said, no, this is my guy. This is the guy I, w- I want because he's literally what Neymar is in real life. He fights for his people under any means necessary. And that's who Tenoch Huerta is. He's fighting for his people, which is the darker toned people in Mexico. I relate to that. Mm-hmm. I grew up with that stigma. Mm-hmm. So I've been following this for a whole, a whole, you know, two years or whatever it's been. And the importance I see in him getting this role and the importance I see him playing this role is that it provides, uh, in this capitalist world, it provides him with the capital with a platform where he can continue spreading his message as he has been doing. He hasn't silenced himself. Marvel hasn't silenced silenced him. Disney hasn't silenced him. Uh, the movie hasn't silenced him. He, if you look at all his interviews, he continues to speak about the colorism, the the uh, colonization, the classism in Mexico, Latino America, and even here in the United States. But he does say that rather than his country giving him a opportunity to to shine, it was the United States who reached out to him. So he is grateful for that. But it would have never happened if it wasn't for all of our people from Latino America who have sacrificed their own lands and their own attachment to their own culture and come over here to look for a better life, which has now created the opportunity for him to shine. That's a great perspective, right, Zero? I, and yeah, I also want to. Uh, I mean, I, 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 to I just don't. I don't. But see, that's not what I've gotten out of his interviews. I never heard him say anything that was. I mean, but I don't go deep into, into, um, into researching him. I I really didn't know him as an actor, and I never considered him an activist, right? Or someone that. Oh, spoke. he's a huge activist. I, obviously, I'm I'm learning that now, right now as we speak. 
you know. But yeah, and it's okay, you know. To um, me, to I me though, wanted- to me though, it's like we sensationalize a lot of things and and settle for like let's 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 take the example that Tenoch Huerta is not an actor but a basketball player, right? And he goes to the NBA and he happens to go to a Mexican or 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 um, detribalized community such as Houston or, or Los Angeles or, or a big population of detribalized natives. <clears throat> like we'd be the same thing. We'd be very forgiven and proud. Wow, we're we're so happy that finally there's a Mexican or no or a detribalized native in the NBA. And but we never get anything out of that. What do we get out of that? What do we get out of going, oh wow, that guy's really saying some things? And he it's okay that he took a scrambled egg version of a very important symbol in our cultural history. That symbol is is mathematics, bro. That symbol is associated with geometry. It's not a man. And it's definitely not an enemy called Namor. Oh, so I want to touch on some of those uh, points that you made. I want to, uh, if I may correct them. And everyone, so guys, not a, before we go, remember he, the name. Remember the name. Yeah, remember Namor. So Namor, uh, which is his Spanish name, Namor, because he's El Niño Sin Amor, which is another thing that, you know, for those kids that, that grew up without love in our broken homes, as many of us do suffer in, that's another way to resonate with him, you know. So Namor, uh, he's not a he's not a villain. He's not a bad guy. He's in he's classified as an anti-hero. So an anti-hero is just a hero that's a hero to his people only. Also, an anti-hero is a hero who does kill because most heroes like Superman and Batman they won't kill. They they will let their enemies keep living and keep doing wrong, no matter how many times you know they've done wrong. They would just they hope that they're going to get better and, and hopefully, you know, this romantic ending. So an uh, anti-hero says, no, that's my enemy. He needs destruction. I need to stop this. He's a threat to my people. That's an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. So he's a hero to his people, but mm-hmm. he's not a hero to the colonizers. That's mm-hmm. why he's considered, you know, with this villain look and this, uh, this uh, bad guy look. He's not a bad guy to us. He's a bad guy to them. Now, here's where it resonates with the original Namor character and where the new uh, Mesoamerican character are a little bit different. So the original Namor character, it doesn't say what race he is, but this guy hated imperialists. imperialists. So his mom was a Atlantic uh, person, and then his dad was a white colonizer or white uh, imperialist. Mm. And he, like, banged his mom, knocked her up, and then, and then left. So he grew up hating his dad and everybody that looked like him. So he famous phrase was imperial rex when he was about to go ham on anybody mm. and so this guy hated the surface world but mostly imperialists and colonizers now that's where they attach the idea to like oh wouldn't it be great if he was from mesoamerica and more of a more of a reason to hate colonizers and to hate imperialists if he comes from a group of people marginalized people who have been for 500 years been oppressed by them, right? So it, it connected great. Also, the reason they, they went with a different culture was because Ryan Coogler had the idea that he's like, hey, so this I learned from an interview recently. 
he said he grew up in Oakland and the other uh, ethnicity that he grew up with were Chicanos. And he's like, most of them are from Mesoamerica uh, region. Most of them are either indigenous people or reconnecting indigenous people. He's like, uh, I even have uh, indigenous region or indigenous rooted people in my family. So he's, he's in a, he comes from a mixed family. Mm. So that's why he thought of changing the culture. Also, you know, market-wise, it works because there's already Aquaman out there, which has almost the same story because Aquaman in the comic book is a ripoff from Namor. He came later. So it was good to, like, change the perspective. This uh, idea had been pitched to Chadwick while he was still living. He says that he was amazed with the idea and he was really happy to work with Mesoamerican people, that that would be great to bring both cultures together because we're so similar to one another. In the comic book, Namor and Black Panther are kind of enemies and they've gone at it a few times and then they become friends and then they go at it again. So they're kind of frenemies. You know, they're sometimes friends, sometimes not. So that's already in the comic book. So they kept some of the comic book stuff, but with a new twist. So them going to war is nothing new. That's just part of the comic book. But where they become friends or allies, you know, in the future, that's, that's also not comic books, but it's also a, I think, a bigger symbolism that yes, we make, you know, like brother and sister, we may fight each other in family, but if we realize who our bigger enemy is, it is within our best interest to, to work our shit out and, and come together because we have a bigger enemy. And I think that's the message of the movie. I won't give any spoilers away because uh, I think I know a lot of people still haven't watched it, but I would support the movie. And here's another reason why the soundtrack, look up the soundtrack. They literally went to Yucatan. And I know you kind of mentioned about this white guy taking credit. If you watch his interviews, he actually says he went and studied as much as he could. He talked to all the regional people. And yes, I agree with you. They should have just hired a regional person from the get-go. But he did go put in money into these people's pockets. He did go uh, support one of the only rapping crew of, of uh, Maya, uh, Yucatan Maya language. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to the soundtrack, they actually have some beautiful songs in there with uh, Spanish, Mexican region rappers, uh, even Corrido, and uh, Yucatan Mayan language, and some females from, from the region. So it's, it's putting money and exposure into people who would have never have had that exposure, including the actress Namora. She's like a no-name, nobody. And now she's like one of the biggest stars right now, right? Uh, Atuma as well. She's another... Uh, indigenous actor that would have never had this opportunity he still only has like a few thousand followers because he's literally a known name so Tenoch Huerta is the only name that's recognized of people who know him but again he's very hated by uh, the establishment he's hated by uh, all the media in Mexico you could just look him up on YouTube and you'll see why he has his own channel it's called Version uh, Extendida which means extended version of what he talks about his version He's part of a group called Poder Prieto, and you can look him up on our social medias and learn about his fight. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the latest uh, claims or dispute that John Luguzano has going on with Hollywood. Are you familiar with that fight? A little bit. Yeah, a little so bit. That, so that I could I keep pushing, um, you know, Tenoch Huerta on John Luguzano's uh, talk because John Luguzano has a good point where Hollywood has always oppressed the Latino image or the Latino representation. When we're like 30-something percent of the market, but we don't see 30 
30-something percent of representation in casting, production, direction, uh, anything to do with Hollywood, right? So where's, where's, the, where's the equivalent in representation when it comes to capital? It's not there. The problem I have with him is that he's talking from a white Anglo vision, even within Latino representation, because he's not aware that even if they do give into more Latino representation, it's going to be white Latino. And this is where I think that Noche is, is uh, very well versed in how to explain that for a long time, Latino America looks like a Caucasian region when it's only about 20 or less percent of white Latinos in population as demographics go. The majority are indigenous people. Second to that, are actually Afro-Latino because a large portion of the Atlantic trade of slaves went towards Latino America, but they have also been erased by white media. So it's almost like what Kanye is, you know, saying that Hollywood is run by Jews. Latino America is run by white Latinos. It's the same thing, the same argument. Well, nothing, so nothing, if John nothing, was to join the nothing, nothing changed from, like, we, we seem to live in a fantasy land where we felt like, oh, okay, well, we read the history of um, the colonized oppression of Mexico, and now it's over. It's not over. It's the same thing. It's the same people in power. It's the same thing. They just wrote the books to kind of make it look like it's over, but we still treat you the same, and there's different tactics, but that's it. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, like, be a bummer. I, I love what people do with their platforms and... I'm not too familiar with what his movement is. I'm talking about the Marvel movie and how distorted right. how distorted the version of Quetzalcoa is. You know, um now I, 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 here, it's, here's it's okay. here's the thing that I had a, a problem with that Disney always does. In The Lion King, there's a scene where what I forget the fucking um, Simba, where Simba sees his father die. Imagine a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a ten-year-old, a twenty-year-old. Put himself right. in that so position. You're speaking of Wait, you're speaking let me of finish. psychological, emotional effect. Hold right? on, hold on, relax. I, I'll, I'll give you your time. Believe me, I will. It's that Disney always has to, and Bambi, in Bambi, one of the first 10 minutes of the movie, there's a scene where there's a hunter and he shoots Bambi's mom. Disney repeatedly uses the dying of a parent. Repeatedly uses it, and this is another case, right? Because, you know, his mom died. And there's a young kid burying his mom. Come on, dude. Who, what 15-year-old goes and has that responsibility of creating a funeral for your mom? That's a traumatic scene. Implanted. So that's another thing that I didn't like about it. Our people were very composed people. We did not regret death. If you lived whatever years you lived, I'm sure we were cool with that. We're not a people that are new to death. We observed 
for a very long time. And here's another point in that movie. And, and remember, I was talking to you about, I don't know if you heard head on, I was talking about like how, you know, we have a big missing piece of our history in terms of the 1100s to the 1492. And so if there was other people responsible for Europeans knowing that we were over here in this land, right? And yeah, in, this, I heard, I heard in, in the movie, they kind of scratched the surface of things like that, right? And there's a scene where, I don't know if you remember the scene head on where the person's all, oh, I'm going to just do this, that. I think it's the sister, right? The, the Chadwick's sister. I'm going to get him. I'm going to beat him up or I'm going to kill him or whatever. And, and the person in the scene goes, he's older than you. He's older than you. Yeah. You can't beat him. He's older than you. That's another reference to our culture being older. You got to use critical. Well, she thinking. actually, uh, there's a, a scene where she you gotta tells use critical them, thinking. So you're like, you, you got to use critical thinking. You're like 500 thinking. years old. You, you, you actually gotta, asked, I don't know if you remember. Huh? There's a scene where she asked, she kind of asked, are you 500 years old? I so, don't know. I don't, I don't remember that yeah, scene. I don't remember yeah, that scene. Yeah, there's a part scene. in the movie where, where he's telling her about about his mom, and then she goes, "So you've been alive since then, so you're you're about five hundred years old." So I, I get I get what you're saying. Uh, I can't speak on the Moors because I've heard some crazy uh, stuff from them. You know, uh, so to me, they're a lot of them are the same as the Israelite Hebrews, who are filled with all kinds of pseudo history stuff. Unless I see some concrete evidence of Morse actually having uh, a whereabouts of our land, I can't take that serious. But I also can't take the history well, that the colonizers have given us. I, I don't know. I don't know if I I understand what you're saying, but it, I, I don't. I just don't know the reference. Like, are you, you saying know, that Europeans Europeans are the only ones that came over here? Is that what you're saying? That you're clinging no. to to the sense that Europeans were the only ones? That's all I'm pointing out. I'm pointing out. No, I just. I'm, don't, I'm pointing I don't know out. Who, I'm pointing out head on in the in in that statement that the Americas were was a vast amount of land with large amounts of people that were not ruled by the perspectives of Europeans. Where this land is mine, and you better stay off of it, and I'm gonna fucking oppress you, and you know I'm gonna steal your kids and indoctrinate them into lies. That that statement comes from that. But why would you need to see it in a book? Use your heart uh, and no, your wisdom. The, not, Use your heart and not, your wisdom not, and put, put together the pieces of the puzzle because there's a lot of things and 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 just know that we're dealing with the greatest liar of all time. I mean, this brother and sister lie. They fucking lie. They're the masters of lying. I also acknowledge that. So, yeah, I'm not saying I need to see it in a bush, but um, I would rather see some archaeological evidence. But back to the movie. Um, Wait, to, but archaeological uh, evidence is going to be given to you by somebody who has a PhD, right, coming from an institution that was implemented by wealthy um, uh, individuals like Rockefeller, Carnegie, Dow, DuPont, 
like archaeology, archaeology, go there yourself. You make the conclusion. You're the one vested in it deeper. And I'm talking in general to LA Natives podcast. You don't have to have no fucking PhD or read any books. I went to Teotihuacan myself. I went to Chichen Itza myself. I went to these places myself with the, with the mentality of an archaeologist. Like, the, I, I wouldn't dismiss it like that. Like, like, don't let a white man tell you, hey, this is Well, this I've is been it. to Chichen Itza. I've been to Tulum. I've been to Cobá. And yeah. I've been to three archaeological sites. Then make your own conclusions. Yeah, make your all own conclusions. Like, yeah, my conclusion truth. is that I, all I see is indigenous um, history. All I see is indigenous people. I don't see no uh, African influence whatsoever. But that's just, that's my perspective. No, I, but, made, but, but like, it's like, you, you can't think of it like African influence coming. Like, if I was, like, if I was a Maya and I went to Africa... And I went to go visit or I spent, you know, 20 years of my life to get there and 10 years of my life to get back or five years of my life to get back. It was an experience. It was a trade. It was a teaching. It was something that I experienced. Don't think that the white man was the only one that could travel. That's what everybody says. The white man's the only one that could fucking. The Vikings were the ones that came. And then the, the Europeans are the ones that came. And then the Portugal and the French and the all oh, and the. Uh, well, like, come on, bro. Like, you're right. we, we were. You're right about that. I, let, I let's put this in perspective. Let's put this in perspective, though, uh, head on. If you could build a fucking pyramid, you can't build a boat. You can't calculate currents in the ocean. You're a master of geometry. Uh, both sides. For sure. So, I'll, both I'll, sides. I'll say this. All sides. I've been, I'll say this. I, I've been in circles recently with elders who have brought this up, right? And uh, they said, you know, we didn't come from the other side of the world. None of our elder stories talk about that. Mm-hmm. And But there has been migration, but not from them to us. It's actually been the other way around, from us to them. Makes sense. We migrated over there, and we influenced some of the things that happened over there on, on the Eastern Hemisphere. On the So this is the old, where, the old uh, world, not the new world. Exactly. So I've been in circles with, with elders that have spoken of that. That's what I'm saying. But don't think that don't think, though, for one minute that because we're calling it the old world doesn't mean that other races weren't here. It it was an advanced world of 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 knowledge. It was the 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 end of an age that that was going to go through a 500 year dark period. It wasn't just us that went through the dark period. Other people went through the dark period too. That it's it was a global thing. There is no origin story. That story is too big and too long. And that's why we can't reference movies to be uplifting unless they give you the true symbolism of what they're using. That they're 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 cherry picking, in my opinion. And giving truth under the table so that you don't realize and don't see and don't do the studies. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, each, uh, I like to put my belief towards the Hopi prophecy and the, and the Hopi teachings that there are four big nations in the world and creator 
gave each nation an element to be a caretaker of. And so each nation represents represented by the medicine wheel and the colors of the medicine wheel. And we were the earth people, the earth nation, and we are the red nation. And we were given the, the <coughs> element of earth, the whole Western hemisphere. And then it was the white people given the element of fire. It was the black nation given the element of water and the yellow nation given the element of wind. But we all come from our different four corners of the world. So if we come from the four corners of the world, that means that all the Western hemisphere was all brown, red nation, all brown people of red nation. There was no whites here. There was no blacks here. And there was no uh, Asians here. Really? You, you honestly, I, I don't know if I don't know if I subscribe to that because that that's kind of absolute kind of wisdom. Like it's kind of like saying like we went through every square inch of the rainforest when we know we don't have the provisions or the knowledge or the ability to live in the rainforest. Yet we go, oh, but we know the rainforest. We understand the rainforest. We, we don't understand anything. And that's the point well, I, of our culture is, is that it never lived in these absolutes. Like, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't understand that, that we were not segregated. We were not segregated. We didn't have a segregated mentality. Racism didn't even exist. I don't, they didn't have that. Your, your mic didn't go on. Racism didn't even exist. I, I didn't I, see no I evidence of I, it. I, I think people disagreed, but they didn't go, oh, this fucking guy looks less darker than me. If you really study the doctrine of discovery, you'll understand that it, that was the racist document upon which they said, you are this and you are that and you come from here and you come from there. That's what I'm trying to kind of challenge is that they, well, I think also I can't take I think the also, history um, written by them. Well, I can agree with certain points, right? So, hey, we were not segregated as the Red Nation. We were not, um, you know, and we're not a monolith either. So, we have different skin tones based on how close we are to the equator and how further away we are from the equator. So, those closer to the equator are going to be of darker skin, like the Maya, the Inca, and those further away, like Lakota. Uh, or any other northern tribe, the, the Cree, they're going to be of lighter skin, and they're going to be actually taller, too. So we didn't look at each other different by these races or racial profiles of darker and, and lighter tones. Yes, you're correct. That came with colonization. But because of colonization, we have been indoctrinated and perverted with uh, ideas of self-hate within our people in Latino America. And that's what we're living with today. Now, I also think that we were not globally segregated if the Hopi knew and many other nations knew that there was four nations in the world. If they knew there was a white nation, a black nation, and a yellow nation, and they looked different and closer to those colors or skin tones, then they knew of them or they knew of their existence at somehow before Columbus, right? Absolutely. So how did they know? I don't, I don't know. That, I don't know. But they knew of their existence. Even the Lakota have a prophecy where they speak that uh, something was going to happen and they were going to go under 500 years uh, of this dark period. And so they prepared with good healing medicine on how they would have to heal during this time of, of um, resistance. So they knew it was coming. So a lot of the prophecies that I've been learning 
they knew. I just don't know. Uh, I I don't see that we were all living together already here before colonization. I, I, I don't that's see not that. what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm not saying that there was. I'm saying that that people can travel. Yeah. Small groups. Okay. Big groups, but not like we're not the Romans, bro. We're not the Romans. We weren't going to come with a wave of armies. Like African people, if they came to the Americas prior to the Europeans, they weren't going to come in like droves and millions of people. Like, I don't know. But there are some fucking old buildings. Have you heard of John Levi? No, Um, I have not. Look him up. John Levi. Look him up. Because I think there's some buildings that are dating back to like 1200 and they're very big and they're 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 sophisticated and there's different types of technology to them you got to also research world fairs world fairs are where people used to bring those technology technological i'm talking about like 1400s 1300s you know world fairs existed in these places where technology would come together and they would display. And they would share. We are a sharing well, people, culture. But there was a well, period. Uh, there was a period in history where religion took over. And it took over the whole entire globe. And it killed a lot of people. And and we still live under that kind of understanding. That rate erased a lot of history and left someone else to dictate the narrative who happens to be of European descent. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that right. and millions and millions of Africans lived here. No, but what, what would you say if a hundred of them lived here? A thousand of them lived here. Right? Like, I that's just, what I'm talking I about. Just yeah, I just don't know if there's enough. And I know you said, oh, you know, these archaeologists are going to be white. Most of the time they are, but I think that's the importance of our people be also becoming archaeologists. For example, there was a tribe in, I think, Washington. They found these old bones, and these white archaeologists wanted to make their own claims to them, that they were uh, of European descent or they were of, you know, um, Scandinavian descent or somewhere. And so the, the nation of that area said, we are a sovereign nation. We demand that those bones are given to us, and we will prove to you that those are our our ancestors and so the white archaeologists fought like nope nope and finally there was one white archaeologist who said okay you know what they have a point uh why don't we give them a try and see if they can prove it and so they did and and then they did prove that can we pause can we pause right there listen to what you just said though listen to what you just said and this is the basis of what i'm saying is that they're laying claim to these bones right am i on the right track yeah and then they go yeah well, you know what? Let's give them a shot. Let's let them do it. Why not? That still shows white supremacist power over yep. challenging a, a person that's challenging the narrative. Yeah. Now, these people are very smart, bro. 
There's reasons why there's lodges and, you know, when you when you go see a, a documentary, I'm sure they're in cahoots. One person just needs to say one thing. Like I was recently watching this documentary on the Anasazi. And they were saying that they were cannibals. And that one guy just couldn't, wouldn't give it up. That they were cannibals and they were cannibals. Look, this has pot marks. And so they show this other scene of another doctor going, yep, those are pot marks. They had to be cannibals. Because they found pot marks and scrapes on bones. All they have to do is be in the same group or write an email or write a letter, follow the narrative. Europeans are wiser, gentler, and less violent than you savages. And someone in in the chat is asking what's going on with the name. What are you guys holding back on the name? On Namor? Namor is Roman backwards. That, but that's just the original comic book story. But um, why so, is it Roman? Uh, because of the uh, Plato. He's the one who wrote the idea of Atlantis, right? Uh. Uh, so it, it, it's back to that. But if you study Maya and even uh, some Aztec philosophy, they also have this, uh, they also speak of this. Uh, old world with high high civilization or high techni- technical civilization that went underground or went underwater. So they also speak of it. They just don't call it Atlantis. So specifically Maya. That's why they tied it to the Maya because they have their own story. And if you look at Cuba, uh, there's been some findings under Cuba that can look like structures of old, uh, you know, some kind of old big city. The reason it hasn't been looked into further because it's Cuba and Cuba's like, fuck out of here. So that's the reason it hasn't really been researched deeply. And because what would, you know, what would it say if, if uh, there is evidence that this uh, underwater city is the original Atlantis and this is the high technical civilization that Plato wrote of, how did he know about it? How, like it would change a lot of things. People who so traveled, people who they, traveled, people who traveled, like the Moors did. Yeah, could, the Moors traveled everywhere. The Moors traveled everywhere. They were like gypsies. They traveled everywhere. They conquered well, Spain. Know, they conquered Spain for a long time, and that's what brought the that's what brought the whites out of their caveman attitude. The Moors have a lot well, to do with history. That's I, why they know so much about it. I know, and, they I, and I don't know a lot about the Moors, and, and nor do I want to. Like, I'm not a cheerleader for the Moors. I'm not an enemy of the Moors. I just know that it, there has to come a time of intellectual talk. Yes, and with that, I'll say this: a lot of people who have African uh, say they they do a DNA test, and then they see two percent African, and they don't know why. If they don't have Afro Mexicanos in their family, it actually comes from the Spanish blood. Because the Spanish blood was mixed by the Moors because they were conquered by the Moors Absolutely. before they came. They yes. were in deep turmoil. So that uh, African DNA, most of the time, is coming from the Spanish rapists of colonization, mm-hmm. not from uh, direct African descent. Absolutely. So and, I, and, and, I do know and that. Let's, and let's get away from the fact that we want to prove where we came from because we don't know where we came from. That's the whole point of our science. 
the whole point of our philosophies and but science. But I think it's important. I, I, I think it's important not where we came from, but where we didn't come from. So I'll give you one theory that, that's a theory, but it's taking us back 100% of the time that we all came from Africa. That's a theory. That is still to this day a not proven theory. But people will take it as fact. So what happens when people say, well, you just happen to find, like Joe Rogan's argument. Joe Rogan says, oh, Native people feel entitled to this land because they found it first. Because we all came from Africa. So that just means they found it first. They but got, that's not, like that's not, part. that's not, that, that, but see, we can't have a colonial argument about colonial names and colonial borders and then all of a sudden not be in the colonial mindset. We don't know anything about your borders. We never laid claim to this land. We claimed that we had a relationship with this land. We claimed that we understood this land. Our grandparents but, are buried on this land. But there's no ownership of this land, bro. I agree with that part. That's, that's, never, that's never changed from indigenous perspective. Not even to this day. Not even to this day. So anybody who arguments, but anybody who argues about genealogy and the the origin of where we came from, we're not that wise yet. We're not. We're not that humble. You think those secrets would be given to somebody who studied in a in a institution paid for by rich oil oligarchs? They're not going to come up with. Their, their institutions weren't built on spirituality, the, the understanding of the cosmos, the, the, uh, the intense observation of nature. That's not what these institutions say or do or even want. They think that's primitive. They think that isn't wise or doesn't have any knowledge, yet they're amazed on how the star aligns with the hole inside the pyramid. That takes mathematics, that takes observation, and that takes art. But art in well, a very I'll different ask you way. This. Art is I'll a very different thing for us. Art Earlier you were, is you were speaking of books. Disney and the... But there, let me ask you this. Earlier you were speaking of the movies that Disney has put out with uh, the emotional... Uh, Trauma. Distress that they cause. Absolutely. Right. So would you say that... Uh, that's psychological warfare. Is Absolutely. that not the biggest weapon of the colonizer? Yes. Okay. So with that, with that saying being a yes, let me then align these two ideologies with you. One, what is the psychological effect of people like me who came from Mexico and was told and conditioned to believe I am an illegal alien, not of this land? Okay. One with this false there, right? And then two, I turn on the TV and I try to look for heroes and all my heroes look white. All my heroes look white. And finally, finally we have a movie where I can look at Namor, which is only Namor or Neymar to his enemies. He made that clear. Only to his enemies. To his people, he is Kukulkan. So now I can finally say, hell yeah, I can look up to this guy. He can be my hero. But hell there yeah, has no to more be a buffer though. Door. But the buffer, but the bu there can't be a veil in front of it, right? There's, there's, I don't know, I don't know if you know about the smoky mirror. Do you know about the smoky mirror? Yes, I know about the smoky mirror. Okay, it's just smoke. 
You can put your hand through it. It's not real. The, in, the inner, the inner cosmos inside of you. The inner cosmos inside of you. Remember, we're watching a movie. And and the I am pride cognitively aware. Now the pride the pride can't be coming from a movie. It has to be coming from you. I understand. I, I understand. I understand your psychology, where you're coming to a place, and you're darker skin, and 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 the community around you isn't conscious enough to understand that you are of indigenous descent and. And that was a renaissance that happened in, the ni- in 1994 where we all started taking pride of being our indigenous self. And it's been a few years since then, at least 20. But I could see how so many people are proud of this movie. That's what I'm getting the sense of just recently. Am I right? Head on, like so many people are just so proud of the movie. That's what I mean. It's a false pride. It's a pride that goes away. I, I can't agree with that, Zero. I see where you're coming from, from Kukulkan in the, in, the com, in the comic movie. It's not real, uh, according to our ancestors. I get that. And I think that whoever is taking it as, as real, then they have deeper issues. It would be like going to Disneyland and thinking that the Mickey Mouse that's walking around is the real Mickey Mouse from the cartoon. It, then that person has bigger issues. Uh, I would also think that if someone was to attach themselves to a movie character, any movie, and you attach yourself to that movie character, then they have deeper issues. What I'm talking about is simply a representation of not only culturally, but skin tone, because we don't get skin tone representation as darker, uh, you know, even within Latino America or within uh, indigenous people. We just don't get it. It's not there. Because you live in a racist very Nazi-like country. But head on, you are saying that ultimately um, you, you had another point that Marvel, did they did they do a good job um, displaying the character, the, the character as in the comics? I'm sorry, what's the last part of your question? Like, do you think they did a good portrayal of the character based on the comic book? Okay, so based on the comics, uh, they changed the whole identity of Namor, but they stayed true to the character characteristics. He's this guy who will do anything for his people. His people come first. End of story. He will kill anybody he needs to kill. Just like in the movie, you know, he kills somebody of very important status. That's Namor. He gives F, you know, of who he has to align with. He has aligned with in the comic book with the biggest villains, like uh, the one that just, you know, the whole Marvel people had to come together, the Avengers had to come together to end him uh, and end game. Uh, I forgot his name, but the big uh, evil guy. He's been friends with him. He's been friends with whoever, as long as his people are safe. And I think that mentality is very much the mentality of Pancho Villa, the mentality of Che Guevara, the mentality of Fidel Castro, the mentality of Malcolm X, under any means necessary. And I, okay. so I don't see him as, as an enemy or a villain. He is an anti-hero to white people, but he's a hero to his people. And now that his uh, cultural identity has been changed to represent us, I feel proud in that. And Good. I feel uh, proud that, uh, you know, an indigenous actor who Mexico tried to bury 
remember this. Mexico tried to bury him. Now he has a bigger platform than most Mexican actors, including Diego Luna and uh, Gael Garcia, who actually gave him his first opportunity. Those two actors co-sponsored him. He wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those two actors. So now you have another actor that is at their level now who can keep opening doors for more actors that would have never had that chance if they don't come from an elite status of class in Mexico. So, okay, look, you're proud of the fact that Marvel used a, a crazy name. I can't it, give Marvel credit. It's, it's Coogler. So Coogler. But Marvel funded it. Marvel funded it. Marvel yeah, funded it. Marvel funded it. You can't. Yeah. You, you have to give them credit. Marvel. It's their fucking stamp. It says it on the first thing you see is that. So it comes from their. It's like we can't minimize that. It's their version. Well, I, it's their version of of what they feel is this. Okay, but let's get back to the inspiration part, right? Or the pride, right? Your pride. Yeah. You're, you're proudful of that. Oh, of, another thing I want to bring up about the movie, uh, just because you were speaking of, of how how you know they didn't cast, uh, they didn't go directly with indigenous people. They did about the language, so they use Maya language, right? Mm-hmm. Not Mayan, because that's mm-hmm. white people's thing. Maya language. The guy they casted for for the Maya language, he's a true Maya uh, speaker, fluent speaker. And I just heard in an interview uh, from the director that he would go check them again and again. Like, nope, that scene is not good yet. Nope, the, the sound's not good. Nope, the language is not good. And he would have them redo the scenes over and over again until he felt that they were doing justice to the language and that he made it clear to the producers, the director, the cast, that it was very, very, very important that they didn't butcher up the language because well, this is the first time that, you know, worldwide I, people I are going to hear the language. I just think that, that, that we settle for so little. We settle for so little, bro. It's like, that's not enough. But look, zero. Like, I, I get it. I get it. it. But zero. I get it. But like, we did, can't scrape at it and go, but look, they used the Mayan. One one Mayan guy who knew his shit about Maya went there and fucking was arguing with them about doing the scene right. And and we settle for so fucking little, bro. That's like Was there any consultants, like Mayan consultants? or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there yeah was, I'm sure there was tons of them. And, yeah. And, and, Not and only everybody that, okay, and whatever and whatever was kosher for the people that were in charge, they let that happen. But let's get back to the inspiration part. Right. And if and if anybody wants to give their inspiring story from watching this movie, they should call or, or, or put it into the chat. But OK, so you're inspired by Namor because you know him as Namor since you do the comic book research and and. And you don't feel that, uh, and you don't feel that, you don't, but wait, you don't feel that Namor, if you put it in front of a mirror, says Roman. Oh, I want to clarify that. I'm not inspired by Namor. I was never a big fan of Namor. I'm a fan of Tenoch Huerta. Okay. So when he took the role, when I first heard of the rumors, I jumped on it. Like I did all my research. I wanted this guy to already have his franchise, but I understand they have to introduce him in a movie so it can make sense. See how profitable and how successful that appearance is and then they give him a solo movie they did the same thing with black panther black panther didn't have a solo movie starting off he was introduced in in captain america civil war and black people went nuts over him 
And they're like, oh, yeah, we have an audience. Okay, let's make a movie. So same thing should be done for Denos Huerta because now that people are receiving him in good grace, now that Marvel's like, okay, they are breaking records. The movie came in second um, highest uh, earning movie in the year, second to Doctor Strange, which is another Marvel movie. It beat the shit out of the DC movie that The Rock just uh, premiered in last month, which is uh, Black Adam. It beat the shit out of that movie. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, uh, very soon, the Nochuerta, because he's 41 years old, so he's not that young, they start giving him his solo movies. This creates bigger opportunities for more indigenous representation, uh, bigger platforms for directors, producers. I'm not sure. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, you want to be represented in Hollywood, which has, you know, blatantly been racist. Ever since their inception. he was dope in Narcos, though, right? Head on, he was sucking. He's a great actor. Dope. I'm not oh, saying fuck, that. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's not a good actor, but okay. So, but let's just say though, you said you felt pride about Quetzalcoatl, All right? Well, not Quetzalcoatl, but Cuculcan, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't use Quetzalcoatl in, in, but that's who they were describing, right? And and so you were, you felt proud. What part? Yeah. What part? of the pride inspired you to do something that Quetzalcoatl was known to do? Hello? Okay, that's a good question. Um, as far as Quetzalcoatl, I, I or don't Kukulkan, see... Or Cuculcan. Uh, or, or even Cuculcan. Uh, and I have been to Chichenisa, and it's a beautiful place to be, and and that you know that that's why I have it as my profile picture because to the white people, it's one of the seventh wonders of the world, and I can see why. The way I look at it is, um, even though I don't come from that lineage, and you know, you said uh, in the nine in the nineties ninety four, there was this awakening consciousness of indigeneity within the Chicanismo movement, mm-hmm. which is also harmful because. A lot of people thought, oh, you're Mexican, so you therefore you're ethnic. And that created a lot of indigenous erasure of who your actual lineage is. So but then wait, I had to do my homework. And, but but and wait, but wait. When, we, when we get into conversation of who your actual lineage is, you have to go to a European stamped approved institution to figure that out. 94, no, no. 94, 94. No, I understand. You could ask your mom, you can ask your dad and... And they'll have a distorted version of it. But remember, head on, we were displaced, murdered, rape, land theft, um, traffic. You don't get any. You don't get. You don't. You don't get any. You don't get. You're. Uh, what you are is you are detribalized, displaced. Native. I, I'm not detribalized. I'm not because uh, I've learned what the actual definition of detribalized means. Detribalized means that you actually belong to a tribe. And you were, you were outcasted by that tribe because you did some fucked up shit. I didn't do that, so therefore I'm not detribalized. I well, never. For have me, to detribalized means that you can't use your tribe, you can't use your language, you can't do your ceremonies, That's you displaced. can't use your clothes. That is simply displaced. That is displaced. Displaced, from your detribalized, dis- displaced, detribalized. We are survivors of genocide, and there is no, yeah. there is no clear road back home other than how you implement what you know. That's why I was asking you that question. It was a curveball because but, I do respect I, everything you're saying. I do respect everything you're saying. Head on. Don't get me wrong, bro. I'm not, 
I'm not bashing you. I hope I don't seem that way. No, I don't. No, and I, I want to make it clear to the to the native to the to the to the LA native audience. I'm not trying to set anybody up, but what I'm trying to do is when I read the stories of Quetzalcoatl, I try to do something that he. I'm not saying that I did that. I just got inspired by it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when. I remember being a kid and watching the Rocky movies, and after the Rocky movies, I would do push-ups in the room. And I so so this yep, movie didn't yep. inspire you in any absolutely way, shape, not. Or I didn't have any inspiration about Kitsal. Did it inspire your son though? No, my little boy. He didn't care. He did just didn't care. He was just like, but I'll, I'll tell you how I connected to. Let, let me tell you how I do connect it to Kitsalcoatl because I was getting there. Okay. So when I did my homework and I found out that I come from Zacateco territory and I come from the Zacateco people, and then I went to those uh, three archaeological sites. And one of them, which is called Alta Vista, Tachalwite, I found out that in the year 700, which was the prime year of their civilization, it ended at year 900. So it was 200 years before that where they were at their prime. Um, and they found these, uh, they found these uh, I guess, dishes that they used to use. And in one of the dishes, it had quetzalcoatl going around the dish. So then that tells me, that tells me quetzalcoatl. We knew, our people, my people knew about quetzalcoatl before mm-hmm. Tenochtitlan. So also I found out that uh, we have the original image of the, of the eagle with the serpent. We have the original one, one of the oldest ones, if not the oldest. And it doesn't have the nopal, it doesn't have the cactus, it just has the, the eagle with the serpent. And so then that lets me know. Well, I, I got to correct that, you. I got to correct you right there. Hold on. And, and I, it's not a debate, but it's so that we can we can be clear. The eagle does not hold a serpent. The eagle holds the representation of fire and water. And what does that mean? Fire and water is, have you ever been outside in a cold night and breathed and breathed in the air? You see, yeah. a, you see a smoke, right? Like it looks like smoke mm-hmm. or vapor, yeah. right? That's yeah. fire and water. The eagle was in the morning, dusk, or dawn, breathing. <sighs> fire and water. It was not a serpent. Um, I can't be... You know, I, I don't know what the what if it is or not, but the image was found there, and it dated. So that civilization of Tatawitis, uh, it goes from the year one hundred to the year nine hundred. Their prime according being to Roman, according to Roman calculation, or wrote in Roman time. According to the archaeologists uh, that right, studied using, that area from Chicago, but using yeah, like, but they're Chicago, going before AD. before Christ, right? They're going before Christ, BC, AD. No, this is AD. So the year AD one hundred to the year nine hundred AD after death. After death. So, so see, yeah. So this is a few hundred years before. Like it's crazy. They get to dictate crazy. Huh, but yeah. the, I, what I what I don't like about Roman timelines is that they get to dictate when year one was, based on. Christian Roman understanding right. and because writing. that's yeah. the death of Christ. And I would think right that's the death of Christ, right? Head on. Your one yes, is the death of Christ. Not, well well in the archaeology. That's what I'm trying world, That's what I'm trying to point out about this movie. Era. So 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 what I'm trying to point out in the movie is that we have a huge void of time. 
huge void of time. We're not talking 50 years. We're not talking 20 years. We're talking thousands of years of time that's voided. And then we reference, you know, these archaeology finds based on Roman timekeeping. We don't know how old they are is what I'm saying because we don't know how old we are. I can agree with that. So that that's where I'm that's where I'm coming from is that 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 we don't know how old we are. And that's what I liked about that movie. Do you remember the part in the movie where they go he's older than you, right? The person yeah. in the movie goes he's older than you. And I think they were referencing like how old? Like he's really old, not like he's just not 50 years older than you or 100 years older than you. He's really old. And I think that's yeah. a, a general sense of saying that ancient Mesoamerican culture, and I only use those words because that's the way they recognize us, people who are in institutions, that's who they are, is that they reference our cultures, but the truth is that we have our own version of our land. And you referenced Plato, right? You said Plato wrote of Atlantis, right? Yeah. But how would he even get to the story of Atlantis, right? According to Plato, Atlantis was surrounded by water, right? Yeah. It's a, a land mass surrounded by water, right? Right? Yeah. It's called yeah. the continent, right? That's what Daniel pointed out last, last time he was on. He said, a land mass surrounded by water is a continent. Yeah. Plato is referencing a landmass surrounded by water. He's describing Turtle Island, in my opinion. Why would he tell us, why would Europeans tell us that we're in the most advanced land, progressive technology, spirituality? Do you know how many temples are on this land, Mass? Do you know how many temples? Do you know how many? I don't know the number, but I know it's many. Well, I read a book called The Secrets of the Maya Science and Religion, read by Humbat's men. And he says there's 21,000 pyramids on this landmass. How many have we found? We have to challenge the white narrative. And when I mean white is... The perspective that one race had all the answers and had all the navigation so, and had all these things. We, there has to come a time where we go, dude, this does not sound right. And we have an ability. Just because I didn't go to Harvard or Oxford, I couldn't go toe-to-toe with anyone. Because I understood one thing. I don't know if you know about this head-on. But they did a scientific uh, experiment on one drop of blood. Have you heard about this? No. Okay. They did an experiment, science, you know, European science did an experiment on one drop of blood. Have you heard about this, Armando? No. Okay. So this, this one individual, I forgot his name. He's an African American and he's into quantum physics and he's into really deep esoteric wisdom. He said that, in the drop of blood, they were able to put that onto some sort of mechanism 
And they found out that that plasma can hold data. And so they downloaded 70,000 copies of a book into that drop of blood. 70,000 copies. Wow. So that means that blood holds information. And we didn't, we aren't the all knowing, all wise civilization that figured out computers because we were into different things. We were into math, frequency, and experience. What do I mean by that? Meaning they knew how to code the blood without computers. Because the blood holds infinite information. We don't know how old we are. And our symbols represent thousands of years of observation. That's why I cannot concede to Namor or a Marvel. If I may, what is your biggest argument with the movie? What is I like don't like the name Namor. Biggest argument. I don't like the name Namor. I hate that name. But they have to use a name that comes from a comic book that associates with Wakanda. Then don't use and it. They just then don't use him. Use Namor. Use Namor, the comic book guy. Don't associate but him. Another, but, but don't associate okay, but, him with, with a philosophy, a discipline. If I may, zero, then you're just creating more jobs for more white colonizers. Cool. Because they're getting paid for I'm, those roles. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them um, dominating a racist institution that has never been inclusive. I'm cool with that. I, why would I get upset at that? That's not something I should be upset about. They're racist, bro. They've always been racist. And what, do you think just because one squeezes in that the racism is over? What happened with Obama? We thought the black president, nothing's going to happen that's racist. I, I, I dare something racist happen right now. And who was the biggest deporter of indigenous people? Obama. We can't be manipulated like this. This is where critical thinking comes into play. This is what LA Natives is all about. I'm not saying to diss Wakanda and to get into arguments with Africans and to, and to, and to oh, set people okay. up. But what I'm saying is if you're going to get inspired by Quetzalcoatl, do the research and implement something that he stood for, that, that, that you connected with, that you resonated with, because Quetzalcoatl is a great philosophy to follow. But I think that's where the, the smoke is or the, you know, the disconnect is. You are taking it at literal value of Quetzalcoatl and Kukulkan. I'm not taking it at literal value because I know it's not literal. I know it's not, it's not real life. It's, it's a comic book fiction story that, in my opinion, I am grateful that they gave it to someone like Tenoch Huerta and twisted the whole... Grateful? I wouldn't identity. say that. I wouldn't put grateful into it. I wouldn't be grateful. I am grateful. Oh. I am. Because, yeah. again, not only uh, is Latino representation at its lowest compared to every other uh, identity, within Latino representation, you only get white Latino. So then that puts dark indigenous phenotype looking la uh, Latinos like Deno Tuerta, who identifies as a reconnecting indigenous person and decolonizing, 
it gives him a 0% chance to ever have a platform. So this movie gave it to him. It, gave, it said, here you go. And, you know, your I've own never, country I, won't do it. But we got to remember, though, we, we got to remember what's happening to Kanye West. They gave him a platform. And the minute he started talking shit, like real shit, like real shit, not like little shit, like real shit. Like I was in a meeting with very high executives in the fashion industry and they told me that this and that and the other. Those are real, real conversations, right? It's, it's, we can't get caught up in the civil rights, black, 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 what was it? Black Lives Matter movement. Like these are propaganda things that, that, that see like what really happened out of Black Lives Matter. I already kind of knew it is like it was going to fizzle out and that there's no real change in the communities that they come from. That, that, that we can't get prideful about those things. We need to really just look into the inner verse that we have because we're complex beings. You know how you're prideful about this name, Namor character from Marvel and he's flying in the air and, and, and he's living in an in a underground or an underwater um, paradise made of temples and that's infinite imaginations that you can have, that you can write, that you can dream and live in the dream world. These are, it's kind of like saying like this, the way, the way I look at it, and, and it's not literal. I'm not saying, oh my God, I'm just saying, let's say for instance, I wrote a movie about somebody's grandmother or grandfather better because this character is a male. And I said, oh yeah, he's a fucking rapist drunk snorts coke and but it's not real it's not a fiction i know he was a good person don't trip i I don't just don't think that that's something that you should use when you use kukulkan don't wipe your ass with it revere it go deep into it it's a dope story to follow Use let your, me, use your critical back. thinking. Me, wait, wait, I'm addressing the okay, LA Natives. Right. Wait up, hold up. I'm addressing LA Natives. Okay. Just go deep into those philosophies, man. Remember, one drop of blood holds trillions of information. So then what does your whole body full of blood do? <coughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, head on. Sorry about I that. I think, um, you know, based on critical thinking, so I'm a huge advocate of critical thinking. We're looking at it from also the perspective of our age, right? From your age and my age. If we look at it from how kids today, they react to a lot of these movies that Disney just put out and they want to dress up, you know, as, as the Avengers come Halloween, they want to dress up and then they want to keep on that costume all year long. So they want to feel like superheroes. And who are they wearing? They're wearing Captain America, who's a white guy. They're wearing Iron Man, who's a white guy. They're wearing Spider-Man, who's a white boy. Not the, not the other versions, which there are other versions of Spider-Man. There's a, a Puerto Rican, uh, Morales, who's Puerto Rican. Uh, but they don't really, you know, put him on the movies. They have a cartoon of him. There's a Mexican one. Uh, he's a Spider-Man, I think, to year 2099. Uh, so they don't use him. So when kids are dressing up as their favorite superhero, they have Hawkeye, 
Thor, more white guys, uh, Black Widow, white girl, uh, Captain Marvel, white girl. Batman, so, white guy, right? Yeah, white guy, Superman, and the list goes on. Aquaman, yeah, he's uh, he's um, somewhat uh, indigenous because he has Polynesian in him. And by the way, talking back about history, who were the first to travel who and who were the first to find who? There's actual <laughs> DNA evidence that South America and Polynesians uh, actually mixed way before, way before Columbus. So they just don't know if it was Polynesians who found South America or was it South America that traveled into Polynesia uh, Island. They don't know where, like, who came and to they'll never well, I hear, well, I hear where you're going. And they'll all. never know, bro. They'll but, never know. They're not the fucking best at anything. And I hope. And they're big, fat fucking liars. And, and, and I hope this movie does inspire a lot of latino indigenous kids so, to, to yeah, wear so, his costume so now, for halloween but our yeah whole, our whole bunch of white kids gonna wear his costume for halloween <laughs> yeah uh, i don't it's know a i have it's a problem a Look, i'll tell you what it's a I, I've, got, I've gone at it i've gone at it with cosplayers i don't know if you know what cosplay is like growing up dressing up as their favorite superhero mm. uh which i think is kind of weird but there's these people out there right and they they cosplay um so I've gone at it with some white guys who have now adopted the new Kukulkan name more. And they why? dress up as why? them. And I'm like, why though? Why Why do you have an issue with that? Because, A, one, finally, in, indigenous have a representation, right? But and they who shouldn't are the ones use it? That they don't have inside? a right to use it? They don't have a right to they be inspired? Shouldn't. Morally, they sh- morally, they shouldn't. Because, A, again, they have so many to choose from. But what allows them to choose this indigenous character their money, their entitlement, their privilege. When uh, there could be millions in Yucatan that would love to dress up as Neymar, but they don't have the economical means to do it. So these assholes over here are fucking playing superhero at 30 years old, 40 years old. You know, so they should if they want, if they want to, and then they say, oh, it's because I love the character, or I love the culture, I love. Then donate that shit. Donate it to an indigenous person who actually looks like Tenochtitlan. And give it to them so they can dress up as their new character. I think that's the problem. That people don't even look into who Tenoch Huerta is. All he does is speak about blanquitud. How harmful Latinidad is. How racist it is. How racist white people have been for 500 years. And I, I love that Kugler allow, uh, allowed him to speak his heart in the movie. Because there's a part right now that's been controversial with white people. That they feel disrespected by Neymar. Because there's a line where he says, yes, we were conquered by these uh, colonizers who brought their, uh, their, I forgot exactly how he said it, but, oh, harmful language, their religion, and erase us. So they're like, oh, now you're calling, even the Spanish people, oh, you're calling Spanish a harm, uh, hateful language? Yes, it's hateful. Because they, from that hateful language, they use terms like chinga tu madre. Hijo de la Gran Puta, which were terms given to indigenous women who were raped by the colonizers and then had kids that the colonizers didn't want to accept. And now we grew up calling each other that, not knowing the history of it. So it's a very hateful language. Calling us indios, meaning that we're sin Dios. It's like namores, el niño sin amor. Indios is sin Dios. We have no God because we didn't believe in Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of things to decode. Now, for a little kid to finally look at the at the big screen and, and see himself as a potential superhero and then look at uh, the other white kids like, okay, you be Captain America. I'm going to be Namor. 
just kind of, just like when I was young and I would try to pick the red, uh, uh, what was it, the Power Rangers. And I would pick the red one because he was a brown kid. I wouldn't pick the black one because I'm not black, obviously. I wouldn't pick the blue one because I'm not white. But in Power Rangers, there was a brown kid, and I would pick him. But when it came to a lot of other things, I couldn't find someone to pick. In the X-Men, the only one I kind of resonated with was Gambit, because Gambit was a, of a little bit darker complexion, and he was the outsider. He, he's a, he was from uh, New Orleans, but he comes from a lot of mixes in his blood. But he was an indigenous. We didn't have an indigenous representation when I was growing up. So now that we finally do, hell yeah, I'm, I'm proud in that. And, and, and specifically who the actor is. It's not just some white uh, Latino privileged asshole that has the money and the, and the lineage to put them in actor school. It's somebody who broke through the barriers, somebody who speaks. Do you know that in Mexico, there's already murals popping up everywhere for Tenoch uh, Huerta as Neymar because he is the people's champion? Even two blocks away from your store, Malinali, there's a mural by a local muralist, a Chicana muralist, who was paid by Black Panther uh, movie franchise to do a, a, a mural to advocate or advertise the movie. These are the changes that we need in our community. This is the hope that we need. Well, I, I yes, hope I hope I hope that they research research that that a ten year old kid who did get inspired by. I remember one time. My my son came to me running. He was about eleven. And his name was Sholo. And he's all, Dad, Dad, I just looked on, I just looked on, uh, I Googled my name. How come you didn't tell me I was the God of the underworld? Or that, I, and I go, you're not the God of the underworld, you're the guide in the underworld. The guide is a dog. Right? I hope that this movie inspires people to ask young young children of, of of indigenous displacement to 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 go deep into what and who is Quetzalcoatl, Kukulkan. That they don't get lost in translation or confused with Namor, which is backwards for Roman. Because those are important details, bro. That's all I'm pointing out. We can't get happy that someone decides to still rape our culture because they're dictating what it is and what it isn't. And and it shouldn't be a movie that you should be inspired about that with. You should be a conversation between an uncle and a nephew, a father and a son, a mentor to a group. Like, I get it. Like, we want to have a superhero to kind of cling to. But if we look at, if we're looking to superheroes who are fictitious, then we're not living in reality. But now in the mainstream, right, head on, um, he's a villain, right? No. No, he, he's, he's, no a, he's an anti-hero. Anti-hero. So, but, but, the yeah, headlines, never, but, but the headlines and all the news reporting that's going that's on from what i've people, seen so, from from what i've yes, seen they're labeling him as a villain yeah yes because white people were really pissed off look look uh zero this is how important it is that he's being represented by Tenochtitlan. white people have been campaigning on youtube on twitter everywhere 
that Marvel is trash for changing the cultural identity, that Marvel is trash for let, allowing Kugler, the director, to do whatever he wants with Neymar, that they have disrespected the image of their, you know, so uh, delight in beloved Neymar by giving him this Mesoamerican uh, identity and what a trash actor to choose, Esteno Huerta. They're bashing the shit out of it because they see what is being done. They see the, the turnaround. They're calling it uh, they're calling it this new movement of having a indigenous representation in, in Black Panther, forced, uh, forced inclusion. Forced inclusion. That's what they're calling it. That it's forcing it down their throat because they're pissed that in the movie they hear white people and they hear colonizers right after. The movie drops the word colonizer more times than the first one did. The first one only says it one time, and this one I think I counted four times which is empowering as hell. <laughs> now we look at white people and, and thanks to a mainstream movie, we could say, hey, colonizer, because that's what they are. That's what they have been. And I don't call all of them colonizers because that would be giving them too much credit because a colonizer put in work. The rest of them, they're colonists, meaning they're just surviving and benefiting from the colonization of their ancestors, the true colonizers, the ones that put in work to colonize. So a colonizer, to me, is one that actually did some uh, atrocious acts. So the rest are either colonists, they're settlers, occupiers, uh, squatters, or orphans because they have no motherland. That's the identity that I see in them. So when it comes to psychological warfare, if you keep putting all these uh, Anglo white actors as superheroes, brown little kids like me grow up thinking you're, you're never going to be a superhero. You're never going to be someone that speaks up for your people. You're never going to be that because there is none of that in the movies and the cartoons and the shows that you watch. It does something to your psychological development. When you see people that look like you are only casted to be cholos, uh, bank robbers, rapists, the bad people, the help, the gardener, the, you know, the elevator guy, the taxi guy, then you think that that's all your worth, that that's your value, that that's what life has already put forward towards you. But when you finally see someone like Tenoch Huerta, who looks like you, speaks like you, thinks like you, and has broken barriers and says, fuck it, even if my career's on the line, I'm going to speak my truth, and then his truth gave him a position where he is now, then you say, fuck yeah, I'm going to keep speaking my truth. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, because I see that it can break through. So then, if and there that was gives no me hope for the, if there that was, gives me hope for the next generation of kids. That's why. Uh, I mean, I rather, I rather it be something different, though. You know, I rather. It, I mean, as good as movies are, it it's just not something that I want to. Like, I wouldn't go. Oh, okay, like I wouldn't take my grandson to watch this. Like, son, we're gonna watch this movie. You know, grandson, we're gonna watch this movie and we're gonna break down Quetzalcoatl. You know, or <laughs> no. Nah. Quetzalcoatl are intimate conversations at sunrise before the sun comes up and you see the morning star and you connect with that geometry that it makes in the sky. You understand that it carries a spirit. Whatever that spirit is, it's there. Those are Would deep, you hold the same those argument? Are, those, are the deep, those are deep, intimate understandings. I get it. Like, if you want to you know, be Halloween costume guy with the Namor costume, right? I get it. But... No, that's, 
that's not what I said. I, I don't dress up as in Halloween. No, for I'm not kids, saying that you are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. even. I didn't suggest. I, and I'll and I'll make sure that everybody's clear that I wasn't saying that that was you. I'm just saying in general, like yeah, like it's going to inspire kids, well, costumes, you know. Now look, this. I understand the intimacy, but would you have the same argument for the video game Mixtlan, which is being uh, done and produced by all Mexican uh, producing cast and producing uh, video gamers? There's a. I don't know if you know about the video game Mixtlan. Mm-hmm. I don't so know. So look into that. But yeah. yeah. That yeah, video is, game and it's based it's based in, in, in Aztec and Maya mythology. Cool. Look at how explosive this episode is. The the chat is on fire. People are tuning in. It's a two hour convo about this movie. I didn't know this movie was so impactful and, and we could go on multiple episodes making this movie a topic and i don't know from from the from the outside looking in i see head on's perspective but then i i definitely hear zero's perspective you know because um i'm taking it as a movie like like it's marvel at the end of the day yeah it's not and it's owned by disney and ultimately they're gonna make me buy that ticket tomorrow to go watch the movie watch it i mean it's it's something to to kind of like I get it, like, but like wow, how, this is the first time that, but but like your wife, a Mesoamerican figure, but, but but you say your wife went up to you like, yo, it's a very important movie, and we need to watch it. Yeah, she she was confused about you know, and I have to say something about my wife, my partner. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Jenny! Happy birthday, Jenny! Shout out uh, to happy Jenny. Birthday. Yes, um, and and she's a dedicated person, and she's doing her work right now, and that's why I'm able to do the podcast today. Because if not, you know, I wouldn't be here. I would. I would, you know, would be with my partner during her special day. But she's a dedicated worker, so shout out to Jenny. But she told me after the movie that I had to go see it and that, you know, and she wanted me to pick it apart, and I didn't really have that kind of a attitude towards it. I, I'm not picking it apart. I'm just, I don't, I didn't like the representation of it. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that Quetzalcoatl was exiled to the ocean it it's just not something that it, it wasn't like I just didn't I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was it was something inspiring for me. Uh, so uh, so so to, so we are gonna wrap it up yeah. head on, but I I want I want okay. I want you to for all of our listeners, everyone paying attention, what are your last words regarding this movie and and your overall perspective? Go ahead. That we also have Quetzalcoatl to look forward to in the, in the comic book movies because Quetzalcoatl is another different god. It's not Namor. That's why they named him Kukulkan. But if you watch Thor, Love and Thunder, there's actually, he goes to the meeting of the gods where uh, Zeus, Zeus is like the biggest god. And there's all these gods sitting around. One of them is Quetzalcoatl. And he's sitting down. And he has he has this whole, uh, you know, ethics, uh reference, clothing and everything. So we don't know what Quetzalcoatl's his, his, uh, potentials are or what he's, you know, what, what are his powers. Yeah, but we know I, that there's I wouldn't, two. But see, this is the problem that I have with like stuff like that. Like, I don't believe that Roman culture was older than um, Toltec, Olmec, or Mayan, or Aztec culture. I don't believe in that. If they were sitting down, fucking Zeus would be the one sitting down. 
Like it's Alcoa. It's Alcoa. I agree with you. I mean, like, we, I wouldn't, I, I, in- I don't want to take crumbs, man. I don't want to be the fucking Mexican fucking, what do they used to call affirmative action Marvel movie where Quetzalcoatl Token. gets in the seat, Token. gets to see, sit in the, in the round table of Zeus while Zeus is the fucking knower of everything and giver of everything. And ah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Man. So, like, so, so you don't want to be, you don't want to be tokenized. That's the, the term. Yeah, dude. But I think, I think, but, look, I'll have my thoughts w- with it, but go ahead and go ahead and, and finish yours head on. I appreciate you coming on, bro. I, I love you, bro. And thank you for, for sharing your, your opinion. Um, I understand how you feel about the movie, and I hope I didn't offend you in any way. I'm not. I'm not trying oh, to no, set no, you no up. Oh no, no offense. All love. Uh, yeah, all love. Just I, I know love that. Having, you yeah, know. I know that I respect you, and I respect your opinion, and that's why you're on LA Natives. You know, so go um, go ahead and, and uh, finish close out. Up. Yeah. I don't much appreciate. I'm gonna close out with. I'm gonna close out with the term that Benoit Huerta has been repeating in all his interviews. And his message is they ask him, what is your message to the kids, specifically to the kids watching? And he says, I want to know, and I, I hopefully I want them to know that uh, specifically I think he's speaking to the brown indigenous phenotype kids. To feel proud, to feel proud when you see your reflection in the mirror, to feel loved, and to know that there's nothing wrong with you. And there never was anything wrong with you. The only wrong was the eyes who were looking at you and judged you, that's what was wrong. The hate in their eyes, not you. And I think that's powerful to have a, a celebrity who's leading right now in the biggest film to be saying that in every interview for all the brown kids who felt some type of way because their skin told them that they were less of. And now they have their hero telling them that's not true, to love themselves. That's how. That's my closing statement. Dope. That's dope. Dope. Thanks for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. So, thank you. So, zero. Any last words? You know, like I said, this is just a movie. And and before we used to get all fired up, I remember being young and and younger and getting fired up about Apocalypto and and writing a song, a protest song about it, and you know, just getting wrapped up in the emotion of someone else representing our culture. And I don't feel any different from that time. <laughs> I don't think Disney knows how to represent anybody's culture and don't take this as historical fact or, 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 or get inspired to do the research of what, who said Topitzin Quetzalcoatl was. He was someone who came to communities from what I hear and from what I've learned and brought different perspectives. It's not, this individual would not be caught up in murdering or killing. Like, like it, it just wouldn't, I don't feel, feel that that's what it was. And maybe I'm romanticizing my culture because I have, I, in my heart, that's what it was. And let me romanticize about it. Is it accurate? I don't know. One day I will when I have that conversation with the right elder who corrects me. Because the thing about your path as a displaced, detribalized native is the long journey back home. 
and all the people you get to meet in that journey. And I've talked to many people about who and what this energy is. And some of it has been positive, some of it has been distorted. It's my own inner self, my own inner universe that I really rely on, and I put pieces of the puzzle together. But I saw a few things in this movie that were really interesting to me when you study beyond 1492. So stay critical. If you do watch the movie, watch it with a critical mind. Understand and do the research of who Quetzalcoatl was, who Kukulkan was. What does Kukulkan represent? And you'll find that it's way different than what Marvel has put in front of your eyes to go into your brain and affect your heart. You are all infinite, wise, beautiful, original inhabitants of Turtle Island. Use that wisdom to find your way back home. We'll see you next Wednesday. Lasukamatli, Umeteo, Donansin, Donato.